You're listening to Behind the Groove with KJ. Hello, music lovers. Tis I, back again. Now, a lot's happened in the last week or so. Um, and I just wanted to jump on and share my thoughts on a few little things in the industry that have got me thinking about ways to monetize music in this day and age, the age of technology, the rise of the independent artist, the independent label, the DIY model. And myself personally, being an independent DIY artist, has a lot of options available these days that weren't necessarily around a year ago even. The, uh, the landscape, music landscape, is changing so frequently it's hard to sort of pinpoint um, and keep up with the changes really because the old business model is what I was raised with and you know you sell music, you put bums on seats at shows and that's, you know, you write songs you have a publishing deal that's how you make your money it's so different now elements of that obviously still exist and for the DIY artist looking at different ways to try and monetize your music and to get your name out there um, has really led to a lot of different platforms in the digital sphere being available being made available there's a lot of creative entrepreneurs a lot of tech companies working side by side and you know nowadays you can put your own stuff out online digital releases various different third-party aggregators um itunes obviously the big one streaming services like spotify which i've spoke about previously in previous podcasts but this one has got me thinking about crowdfunding um I have heard on the news today, in the music business news, that quite a well-known crowdfunding company has basically suspended all um, artists' works and all campaigns that are currently on its platform, which has set off huge alarm bells ringing because this company was supposed to be the guardians and the pioneers for DIY artists to have various different packages laid out online for fans to go to to pledge to support various different campaigns whether it's to subsidize recording an album doing a music video uh, all the all the fans would then have options different tiered packages to be able to invest in these artists and say yes I really want to be a part of this I'd love to see you create more music I'd like the package please that gives me a signed CD and some merchandising and tickets to a show and VIP meet and greets and all kinds of other bits and bobs along with it now if this company has now decided that it's not going to fulfill its obligation and give the money to these artists that has been raised by uh, people that are, have been pledging to this campaign. Where does that leave the artists? Where does that leave the fans? 
who are giving their money to these companies, trusting them that the money is going to go where it's supposed to go to the artists so that they can do what they're supposed to do and work and create their product. Something has gone terribly wrong somewhere down the line. And it's absolutely outrageous that it's, one, allowed to happen. Two, that it's been so badly mismanaged. Three, that there's absolutely no transparency whatsoever. Four, that there's no support for the artists. And five, what the hell does that say to the rest of the platforms that are operating their business model in the same way? Is this not alarm bells for the industry generally whereby people can go on these crowdfunding platforms and say okay I would like to do this can you fund my filmmaking documentary um, while I you know pay my bills and my my rent and I can work but I will have this fantastic documentary and I can hire all the staff edit the movie and give you a fantastic film and then I can submit it to all the film festivals and hopefully make it big in Hollywood or whatever, whatever the campaign is. What protection is there for the artists? Again, it always seems to come back to this rape and pillage of the artists. These companies are setting themselves up, making money off what is seemingly a very viable gap in the market for people to be able to get in touch directly with the creative talent that they support and want to help. But then it's scuppered because of bad management or mishandling of funds, lack of transparency, potentially even just greed and out and out selfishness and just people trying to rip rip people off. (laughs) I don't even know how to say it. It's really just flummoxed me, to be honest, that we've come to this yet again. And it's made me quite angry. I think there needs to be some accountability for these companies. There needs to be some kind of legislative protection for creative people who are obviously putting so much time and effort into their work. And it's not remunerated. There isn't it's becoming increasingly difficult for artists to put a roof over their head. What has gone wrong? What has broken down in society so much so that unless you are one of the 10% of artists that are on the Billboard 100 in the UK top 40, making money from gigs and publishing and selling digital music, and physical music for that matter if you are not in that top 10 percent what what are the rest of us supposed to do how are we supposed to make money i know so many people that are incredibly phenomenally talented and spend their life building on their craft working on their skills so that actually they're bloody good and yet they have no way of sustaining an income from what they do whether it's it's bad management bad knowledge of the industry but again with a landscape that is continually changing whether it's due to technology just the way people consume music um 
whether that makes it hard, whether it's inflation, <laughs> the rate of inflation just in, in rents, you know, putting a roof over your head and bills, food prices, fuel prices, up and up and up and up. And there is absolutely no protection and no support to help the creative entrepreneurs. And is it something that needs to be subsidised more by the government? Considering generally the creative industries in this country, I don't know the exact figure, I could quite easily look it up, but tech-wise my hands are tied right now, but we contribute billions towards the GDP of this country. Surely, if that is taxable, the government has a responsibility to protect that chunk of money that is contributing towards funding the society that we know and enjoy in the UK, all the benefits that go along with it, the health service, the police, okay, that's a whole different issue, but it all contributes. Why is our industry not protected? Why is it that creative people still struggle to survive? And I was looking at another um, link online that also shows that the creative industries have the highest rates of people that suffer with depression, people that suffer with mental health disorders, anxiety, and I'm not surprised. I myself have also suffered from those things in the past and I've had to pull myself through it. I don't even know how, to be honest. It's just the luck of the draw. Um, I've worked a lot on myself and I've, I've looked at other things I can do to, to sustain an income. Um, so I've been fortunate in that sense. I've been very driven to try other things. Um, but some people, they really just know and love music and that is their main strength. So why, why, oh why are the governing bodies not out there to support artists? We have some ridiculous benevolent fund that doesn't even support a smidging of the people that it could. And I really think if we were open and honest and we had this dialogue and we can share these stories and try and put pressure on the right groups to make sure that these companies don't get away with ripping artists off because I think we've all had enough. We're getting to that point now. It's like, hang on a minute. You're quite happy to use the music on every single thing you think you can get away with, whether it's in a bar, a club, a restaurant, your hairdressers. Everywhere is music. It's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It's like water. So how are we monetizing that? And how is it getting through to the right people? With these streaming platforms, really £5 or whatever a month going towards all of those thousands and thousands of artists and thousands and thousands of musicians, writers, producers, singers that have contributed to that work. How is that split equally? If you look at the, the rates for these streaming, streaming services, it's peanuts. <laughs> it's absolute peanuts. Again, I've seen some stats online. I'm not 100% sure if they're authentic but from what I've seen it, it's it's laughable a million streams generating a few quid oh, thanks a lot thanks a lot have we really devalued music so much that we can't even 
respect the creators enough to put food on their table and put a roof over their head? What is wrong with society? What is wrong with our collection societies, our streaming companies, our internet companies? Why are we not pulling together to create some sort of legislative body that can make sure the distribution of wealth is correct, it's ethical, it's going to the people it should be going to? Is it really just a matter of the labels and the publishers are just basically creaming everything off the top and the rest of the sediment is is just leftover scum for the artists and the music makers, the creators. Because it's really getting to the point now where it's starting to damage the UK economy. It's starting to damage the people that we have who are contributing to this creative flow of content, whether it's music, whether it's film, whatever it is. It, it's all part of the same process. It's all the same skill set generating money for this economy, but they're not the ones who benefit from it. How does that work? Have we really got to a stage now where even crowdfunding from the public is literally just pointless? Because the companies are just going to, again, file for bankruptcy and not pay people, the artists, all the people that have pledged the money. And they're just going to swan off without any repercussions. How, how does that work? And that brings me to my next point. <laughs> Influencers. I'm not sure if any of you have seen the recent Fire Festival documentary that's on Netflix that everybody's been talking about. And again, it is a prime example of a business model that was basically, it's all hot air. (laughs) If you haven't seen it, I really strongly suggest you go and see the Fire Festival documentary. It just typifies, personifies everything that is wrong with the creative industries right now. How a bunch of people use names from celebrities to promote this amazing concept it was an amazing concept of having this fantastic festival for a certain demographic of people obviously pretty white middle class wealthy people that could afford to fly to the Bahamas and have this amazing festival on this beautiful island with some great artists sounds good But when you get into the actual logistics of organising such an event with such a short turnaround, having already paid for the PR, and then it actually has no substance whatsoever. Even the the actual logistics of being able to set up a festival on this part of the island that had no electric... (laughs) It had no running water. How are you going to supply food for all these people and basic stuff? Electricity, (laughs) Uh, toilets, 
it just it's unbelievable how this whole festival can be booked on the premise of a few celebrities and sold out overnight with this great PR campaign all over Instagram. 90% of sick tickets were sold for this festival. And they hadn't even had any meetings with anybody to put the proper infrastructure in place to make sure that the accommodation was available for people. And then they didn't even have the nerve to pull it and cancel it. They were actually going to go ahead and still have this festival, even though the accommodation was just... It was dire. I've seen better campsites in the 70s. <laughs> and it just really made me think, wow, it is all part of the same mindset. This influencer, oh yes, let's be this new age tech company that has this app that can sell packages to this demographic of people and we're going to take this amount of money but we're not actually going to provide you with the goods it's all PR it's all smoke and mirrors there's no substance and the artists basically had to pull out they were so embarrassed to be associated with it and the whole thing crashed and basically the the owner of this fire festival concept ended up being um convicted of fraud borrowing from Peter to pay Paul and then all the people that were doing the groundwork in the Bahamas the catering company people setting up the site doing the physical hard graft of course were the ones that suffered and didn't get paid a penny so what is it we're doing wrong people how can we avoid these scams these big great ideas yes they're very innovative yes some good can come of it but rein it in a little bit keep it reasonable keep it real let's start with an idea and build it let's not just go in full whack expecting all these celebrities to drop everything and start promoting something when really have you actually got the basics in place before you start getting the celebs on board yeah let's think about the creators the people the grassroots people these are the people that matter you can't build something without a solid foundation right my brother's a builder anybody will tell you that you can't build a building without a solid foundation so why are these people now trying to build this amazing impressive building without a foundation it's quicksand they're building on quicksand excuse my very lame analogies but oh my god my brain is working overtime tonight so we got that just just blew my mind really these two things happening in the space of a week that I was moved to sort of speak about and not very articulately today because I've been really sick this week I've been actually in my bed ill swollen glands I had a gig to do on a corporate event on a yacht in the middle of the Thames struggled to get through that um so it's been a bit of a challenging week. Um, so that's why I'm a little bit disjointed today. So apologies in advance. And I'm not quite at the stage where I can get my editing suite to edit out bits of this chat tonight. But um, I just wanted to really bring people's attention to the influencers, crowdfunding and all that jazz. Which leads me on to my next subject. I've been taking it back back to music 
back to the old school, back to jazz. I'm a massive jazz fan. And I recently put a post on Facebook asking some of my uh, friends' quotes if they could recommend some jazz artists for me. Because I've got the usual stuff. The Billy, the Ellers, the John Coltrane, the Miles Davis, all of those guys. And I just wanted to know... (laughs) the jazz scene I'm kind of out of the loop I used to go to quite a few jazz gigs prior to becoming a mama and I used to you know get out in about in in London town and check out what was going on Ronnie Scott's the 606 club and places like that and um as I'm out of the loop I just thought there must be some you know young up-and-coming artists that are really into their jazz and as Roy Hargrove, another one of my favourite artists, passed away fairly recently, it just, again, got me thinking, I really love to get back in touch with that side of my my musical passion. Not just for me to as an artist, but just to listen to for pleasure, because I, I love cooking with listening to jazz. It, I find it really inspiring and... <laughs> I need to cook more so I just wanted some new new jazz to listen to and there you have it I was just inundated with people recommending some absolutely fantastic artists so now <laughs> I went online and on YouTube and checked out some of the live performances I went onto iTunes and downloaded some albums and some of them I just skipped through and just downloaded the songs I liked but it's really given me my mojo back again for old school, traditional, proper music, as I call it. It's real musicianship, real skill, real a real art form. And it's not everyone's cup of tea, I understand that. But for me, it just, oh wow, I just found it really inspiring. And it just made me think again, wow, the, the complete 180 from trying to, you know be an artist that sells in a commercial pop market to just actually not giving a damn and and just doing music because you love it and that's the genre you love so why the hell not and I think wow hats off to you ma'am hats off to you there's such a vibrant scene in you know New York and in London and even in South Africa when I went to South Africa a long time ago now massive jazz scene it's a universal language and that sort of ties in with how do you monetize jazz these days? Is it just live gigs? Is that how artists are making most of their money? Because I'm sure as hell it can't be album sales, right? That's an interesting one. I actually have some really great jazz musician friends and I am going to get them on the podcast and chat with them find out how they're doing it how they're making a living and the support they're getting from the music industry from their publishers and from the fans are they having to resort to crowdfunding to get their jazz albums produced interesting so i've come back around full circle again this evening starting off with this conversation about crowdfunding and Uh, thanks for just want to thank you for listening for just having these moments with me while I ponder and I'm hoping that if more people listen to this the more people can 
like I say, get this dialogue going and start to think about the industry and how if we don't support our local gig economy, how are we benefiting the country as a whole? The sustainability, the viability of making a living through music, through performance, through the creative arts. And it's quite worrying. It's been devalued because of all this nonsense, faff, PR, influencer, rubbish. I'm not buying it at all. Give me some substance, please. I'm of a generation where it's like, come on now, get rid of all that, all that faff and keep it real. Tell me what's really going on. Give me the goods. I want to know what I'm getting for my money. I want to know it's good quality and it's going to last. Classic stuff that stands the test of time. Not fads, not because some famous person says so, but because it's real, because it speaks to me, because it speaks to where we're at in society at the moment with all this political unrest. Who's speaking out about all of that now? Where's the, where are the artists that used to be political with their music? That again just speaks volumes of where society's heads are. What's caused that turnaround? Is it because we're now looking at more shallow influences as opposed to the more in-depth creators that really have something to say or are you too afraid to say it in an era that's very PC almost to the point of you're vilified for having an opinion if it doesn't fit with the the norm or if it's old school or outdated can you win you can't win really it's trying to find a balance and I think we've kind of gone so far now that we need to rein it back a bit. Need to rein it back. So that's my musings for this podcast. It's been a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. And again, I apologise for not articulating as well as I would like. I'm still recovering from my bout of sickness and I'm still trying to process the information (laughs) I've been taking in this last week regarding crowdfunding and influences whilst trying to enjoy the new jazz music that I've found and discovered, rediscovering my passion for jazz. So thanks for sticking with me if you've got this far. My next podcast, I hope, will be a little bit more coherent and I am definitely going to be bringing you some fantastic interviews soon. And I will be promoting it all over the socials. So do keep in touch. At KJ Music Sings on Instagram. KJ Sings on Facebook. And KJ Sings on Twitter. So with that in mind, drop me some comments. Hit me up. Hashtag BTG podcast behind the groove podcast keep sweet and i'll speak to you soon peace